All right, welcome BACC family. This is our BACC Family Talk podcast, and I'm here with actual family, uh, my sister Jessica. Say hi, Jess. Hi. And uh, we wanted to talk with her because she has been doing this Embrace Ministry with foster care over the past few months, and kind of wanted to give a little bit of a heads up, uh, let you guys know what's going on with that and kind of her heart behind that. So uh, will you just give us kind of a general idea of what's going on with Embrace? So right now, uh, Embrace is doing many things. So we help foster families, we help kinship families, and we help family, like biological families stay together through supplying them with um, tangible items as in furniture or clothing, diapers, whatever we can help them with. So we currently are helping um, weekly. We help a family with triplets. We have uh, many people that have stepped up in the church to help the family and they help with dinner twice a week and washing clothes and just supplying with what they need. We, um, on a, quite often we help the CASA group out of Galveston County with the different um, families that they're helping. They will contact us with needs and we try to fulfill them as best as possible. We also, um, are helping aged out foster kids. We've helped one, um, so far furnish her first apartment we have another one that's waiting to get keys and we've got some items for him. And we are currently um, helping 20 aged out foster kids go to a conference in Austin next week. And we have supplied them with all the toiletries that they need. So there's lots of things happening. Lots of families help uh, that we're helping. Um, lots of babies. We've helped so many babies lately. We've had like, I think, six newborn baby girls. So we are helping everywhere on that kind of thing. That's awesome. I wanted to kind of kind of go back a little bit there because when you're in the foster care world, there's words that are used <laughs> that maybe if you're not in that world, you don't understand. And so you said a kinship. Could you explain what kinship, kinship is? Kinship is when like a grandparent gets a, gra- a grandkid or like if a friend knows of somebody that, that their child is being taken away from them by CPS, they try to keep them like knowing people. The um, problem with kinship is they don't get all the benefits that a foster parent, like, that doesn't know the kid gets. So they don't, um, a lot of times they have to go through the courts and it takes a lot longer to help. Um, So we just help them as much as we can, try to continue to uh, meet with them, talk with them, make sure that they are getting the help they need, that the courts are not always willing to give them. Yeah. So um, you said CASA worker. What is that? A CASA worker is a court-appointed special advocate for um, the children in foster care. They are there to make sure that children's needs are being met. So they help them. Um, they, they are in constant contact with the family that is, has the child, whether it's a foster family, biological family, and they um, continue to make sure that they have the clothing they need, they have the school supplies they need, they have, if they are medically, if they have medical problems, make sure that their medical needs are being met and um, they are there for the child. And they're like, volunteer people volunteers right and so if you are passionate about foster care and you maybe aren't ready or willing to bring someone into your home like this would be a really good way to serve foster care or foster kids uh, and their families right yes and if you're interested the ladies in galveston county casa are amazing and i can get y'all connected with them cool um and then the third one you said was aged out what does that mean so Aged out are children that have gone through foster care and they hit about the age of 18 and they were never adopted. 
So um, in the state of Texas, there is more than 1,200 young adults aging out of the foster care system every year. And a lot of those kids, one in four, are homeless within four years of leaving the system. Oh. So there are some special cases where they do after um, aftercare. That sounds weird, but up until they're 21 and they help them. And there's like a PAL group and things like that that will help try to get them on their feet, help them get into colleges, things like that. But um, a lot of them just age out and need a lot of help. So tell us, um, like, when did Embrace really start kind of taking shape in your brain and your mind? And how did kind of what it is now come about because of that? The McConkies and the Hayes, my mom's side of the family, have always been um, people that have just helped others. And like my mom's side of the, our mom's side of the family had foster kids that are still in our lives or like our foster uncles. And so it's always kind of been something that we've known and been in our lives. And so I've always wanted to help in foster care in some way. And so last summer, it just like came to me that we needed to be doing more. Um, there was many ways that we can be doing things. Even if you're not going to foster, you can do something. And so um, I just, it was just like laid on my heart that I needed to like do something. So last summer, my mom and I drove down to McAllen to see my grandma. And on the way I said, mom, I have this idea. Do you want to help me? And so we just talked about all the ways that we could help a foster family because I mean, statistically a foster family only lasts, they only stay foster parents for 12 months. And there's so many kids out there that need foster families. But, um, I think just hearing from other people's stories and things like that, when they take the kids in, they just feel alone. They feel like that they're by themselves. They're taking kids to doctor's appointments and visitations and all these things. And they just don't feel like they have the support. And so I felt like our church is a very supportive church and we could support families. And so I met last August with Mike Manning and I had a very long list of things that I thought our church could do um, in the foster care ministry. And I thought he would say like, here, do one or two of these. And he was like, oh, these will all work. And so a little bit overwhelming, but we've pretty much done majority of the ones that were on the list. And so um, we have met with some people and we've had quite like tons of volunteers that have come forward and helped us. And so we started in August of last year, like with our closet. Um, and then from there, we just kind of launched on um, Orphan Sunday last November. That's like our official start date is in November. And we've just been going from there. Yeah, I love that there was this kind of idea in your brain that when the church came alongside of it, it kind of blew up into something I don't know if you were prepared for. Yeah, that's a lot. And so it's cool when when God uses something like like that idea um, and then surrounds it with a church family that cares about us and, and cares about the world and then kind of runs with it. So that's been that's been really cool to see. Have you, uh, I mean, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but you've always kind of cared about foster care. I've always, always, always cared for kids. Like anybody that knows me, knows that I love children and I always want to help children no matter what. And so I think in the foster care, the idea of my foster care ministry that came to mind was just to help foster families, but it's become more than that because as a whole, I just want children to feel loved and supported in, in whatever way is possible. If, if that is going through foster family, if that's staying with their grandma, if that's even just a biological family that has had some rough times and they need to get back on their feet. If we're willing to help a child get the stability in his life that he needs, like we will help in all ways possible. And 
a lot of times foster families or families have so much going on. If we can just cook a meal for them, do their laundry, give them clothing or whatever they need just to make it a little more simple that their child is being loved on and the stress that the adult in their life is dealing with is just a little less because we've come in and helped them. That's the goal. That's awesome. Yeah. In, uh, in Exodus, when God's telling us to take care of the orphans and the widows, uh, do you know what the result of not taking care of the orphans and the widows is? What? God tells us that he'll make our kids oh, fatherless, uh, which is also slightly terrifying. Yeah. But, um, but no, yeah, there is a biblical command for us as well to take care of uh, the fatherless, uh, the orphans, and those uh, that found themselves in that kind of thing. So. Yeah, we use the James one twenty seven religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep the oneself from being polluted by the world. Yeah, and I love, I mean, my next question you kind of already answered, but, you know, I love getting to hear how your faith and your understanding of God and his nature drives you to see that there is the possibility in this life to kind of deal with oppression um, and deal with the brokenness uh, that exists. And so uh, to hear, you know, these verses like, like James talk about, you know, let's take care of the orphans and the widows and um, seeing tangible ways that we can do that with the embrace ministry is, is really good. Uh, are there any other pieces of kind of your faith, your journey that has kind of helped contribute to your desire to do this? Um, I think, I don't know if this answers your question, but I know that when I do this ministry, I tend to put God in a box and um, our church really, and the community itself as well, have really like helped me get out, like let God out of that box. Because a lot of times we get requests that I'm like, there's no way at all we're ever going to meet these needs. Like we cannot do this. This Like we helped a medically fragile child a couple weeks ago and the stuff that she needed was like way more money than we could ever we ever have like in our budget or whatever. And like in a weekend's time, we were donated $650 for this child. And we were able to get her like three out of the four items that we were looking for. And a lot of time, even when we helped the aged out foster girl into our apartment, I was like, there's no way we're going to get this stuff for her. We got her more than they even requested. I mean, she, she has a full apartment and is able to like get on her feet on her own because of people at Bay area and in our community, because we people donate, people want to help, people want to um, give to embrace. And I know a lot of times, like I have to just rely on God and say, God, if this is what you want us to do, we're going to do it. And it almost always works out. It's amazing. So what are some of the like community partners that you've had experience with here that's helped out kind of develop your, your methods? And also, you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot is how do we, like, it's harder to find needs than you would think which is kind of difficult. And so how have you found some of those needs that way? So we, um, there's really three areas that we, where we help people. So there's a care portal that is nationwide and they put in requests from nonprofits, um, uh, sorry, uh, caseworkers, um, uh, foster care agencies, school districts, things like that can put in requests to nonprofits. And from there we will um, take the requests and, help them. And so sometimes it's like they need help with their bills. They need diapers. They need clothing. We've helped a couple family families that were, um, their apartments caught on fire. So we try to replenish their furniture there. And, um, that's how we actually found the triplets that we help. We helped them on the care portal a couple of times and then just kind of built a relationship with the uh, foster parents. And so we do go that way. We help a lot, as I said before, with, um, the CASA workers of Galveston County, 
um, probably every other week or so I get a text message and say, we got this in any way you can help us. And there's a list of, you know, four kids and their sizes or whatever it is. And so we do that. And then really just word of mouth. If we, um, if someone knows of families that are in foster care, they'll, they'll come to us and say they need a dresser or they need this and that. And so we um, will help them that way. Um, our Facebook page is open. It's a private group, but anybody can join and you can see what we are doing and you can also request for help through the Facebook group. And so we do that as well. That's awesome. I love, you know, this idea too, that it's not, not just our church that's helping too. Like the care portal, you can sign up for like individual, you know, individual things that you can help with. And then churches can kind of band together to do something. Um, that would kind of connect all of us together. And so it's not just like our church is doing it, but it's it's even that other churches are connected mm-hmm. as well to do it. Yeah, with the the care portal too, I love the concept behind that. I kind of nerded out a little bit <laughs> when I w- first went to that meeting uh, because it's a, it's like a database that someone has created. Um, I don't know if they like donated or they got a grant or whatever, but they, they created this database to kind of facilitate the meeting of needs. And so you see technology used in a really cool way uh, to help these foster families and kinship families and aged out kids uh, that we can, we can access. Yeah. Through the care portal, we've, um, I've met a lot of people as well. And so in October, we're going to do a big coat drive at Clothed by Faith and we will help. Um, we've gotten a lot of uh, school lost and founds and um, uh, we've gotten their jackets and everything that's, I mean, it's, I think it's like four schools now that have given us our lost and found. And so we will use those coats um, to do the uh, coat drive in October for foster families. And we'll need volunteers to help with that because there's going to be crafts and games and things like that just to get the foster families in um, to just kind of get to know one another and just different ways that they can be helped. That's awesome. Uh, so what, what are some of the things you would love to see expand or continue from Bay Area as Embrace continues to grow? Um, I think that there is, uh, the church is like really embraced our embrace. I mean, it sounds silly, but I mean, there's even a song written about it. No, <laughs> Thank you, Zach Massey. Um, we, we are doing so much and, uh, we'll have some more work days coming up, but I feel like every time there's a need, it's just always filled. The one area that we've really are praying about and would really like to expand on is the aged out foster kids. We'd like to be able to minister to them and just have them like have a Thanksgiving meal for them or things like that. But at the moment we haven't found them yet. So we're looking to find them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, continued prayer that, you know, those kids will be put in our path, however God wants them to be put in our path. But we, I mean, we can always, I love like how we're helping the triplets each week. And I'd love to have numerous families we're helping um, just take meals to, or, you know, help them however they need. We, I mean, I, I work up here quite often. So if anybody ever wants to come up here and help me, I, I know there's a lot of ladies that do come up and work during the week, but um, I'm up here trying to be up here on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, just organizing clothes, washing toys, getting everything put in order. And then uh, when people do donation drop-offs, I'm trying to do it on those days as well. Yeah. It's with the, with the aged out kids, you know, there's, a lot of opportunity if we could figure out ways to really connect them to like almost even a mentor type relationship. Um, and so, you know, business people, like if there's jobs and stuff available, you know, that's a good way to, to get connected and develop that relationship. Uh, I mean, I'm sure down the road, if we have a good amount, like, um, like budgeting and finance classes would probably be yeah. 
you know, beneficial. And you really start thinking about the long-term effects of investing in aged out kids in foster care. If one in four of them are turning into a homeless people, uh, we're helping to eradicate, you know, homelessness from the front end, as opposed to waiting until they're found themselves in these situations and then trying to help. Yeah. I've also found like kind of just through all the people I've met and stuff, I kind of in my mind had thought like, you know, these people that are getting their kids taken away are just these awful people. You know, how would they do this to their children? You know, these, what are these people thinking? But the more I'm like in this world and learning more and more, a lot of them are just living in a cycle that they, they were in foster care as children. They are, they're having children, but they don't know what they, you know, they, they don't have people in their lives to help them stay on the right track. And then their kids are being put into the foster care system. And I think that building relationships, loving on these kids, loving on these families, I think would just so radically change just the cycle. And I would love to just be a part of that. I think Bay Area is like so good at, you know, loving on people and um, just bringing them in and helping families. I think this is like great for our church. Yeah, I definitely, you know, we see that a lot is, um, you know, we get people all the time that come in and, and ask for help. And, you know, we just recognize, you know, putting money towards a problem doesn't always help people. And so uh, developing those relationships as that becomes like a real heartbeat of our ministries, uh, you know, what, what's happened with the triplets and some of the other families that are, have consistent relationships with, uh, hopefully that builds a long-term, um, you know, ability to help them in ways that they really need help. And so those relationships are really key. Um, but the problem is, is like, if you're the only one developing those relationships, your bandwidth is not yeah. like able to do a lot. And so um, as we look forward to the future, you know, it, it would be awesome to kind of have other people who are passionate about this step into some of those roles as well. And you can kind of develop those kind of leaders in order to in, embrace a bigger, you know, yes. um, no pun intended there, a, a bigger leadership um, strategy there. So um, that's awesome. So what, uh, what other crazy dreams do you have for Embrace? I would love lots of things. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would love um, like parents night outs. Um, I would love also ways that parents night outs, just parents can drop off their kids. They can go have dinner. They can do whatever they want and have like some time to themselves. Um, there is like background checks and CPR that needs to be done um, to watch those kids. I would love also like ways that we can support foster families. Like my husband and I are going through the training and classes and case work right now. And it's not a cheap task. Um, you have to be um, CPR certified. You have to get TB tested. You have to um, have your house inspected by the fire inspector. All these things are just a lot of money. And it'd be nice if we could somehow like support families give low cost um cpr classes we have an awesome cpr lady that we met with and she's willing to do it so i'd like to start maybe doing like twice a year cpr classes at a lower cost for foster families um things like that just ways that foster families know that they're being supported yeah. and with no strings attached like we would love for them to come to bay area that'd be amazing but that's not what we're doing it we are here to help foster families succeed we're helping kids you know, be loved and cared for and just be on the right track with that. So that's great. Yeah. We definitely see the, the need is great. Um, it's not an easy task to even get to the point where you can welcome a kid into your home. Yes. Uh, and so if we could help facilitate even just communicating what, what it entails, 
uh, what costs are going to be up front. And then, yeah, if it would, it would be awesome if, if our church, um, you know, had a system set up where we could, you know, have help support financially families who are willing to uh, take a child in. Um, yeah, there's an amazing um, foster care agency, The Sanctuary. It's fairly new. I think it opened in like 2020 and it's right off of NASA, um, pretty close to us. And we've helped them a lot um, of different ways. We help, I almost take all the requests off a of care portal that I can do that are from the sanctuary for sure. And then they, um, we, they have like get togethers with foster families and adoptive families. And we brought pizza to them for one of their events. And um, we found different ways to reach out to them. And they, they have like so many ways that people can help foster, like help foster care families without fostering. Cause I know not everybody is called to foster care but they have um, respite care that people need where, you know, you can take a kid up to like two weeks or something just to give a family break. If a family needs to go on vacation or things like that, there are many different ways that they do mentoring as well. They're always looking, they're really looking for men mentors to help with the kids, but they have um, a lot of different programs there that, you know, the church can go through and connect with as well. So what are, what are some things that our church can be praying for, for, for embrace? I think, I mean, first of all, just pray that our, our church um, is reaching the people that need to be helped. I know there's a lot of families out there that don't want to ask for help. And I mean, we're willing, like we're very much willing to help whoever needs help. Um, pray for our families that we are helping. They're, um, they're tired. They're exhausted. They're emotionally drained because it's not easy. Um, and I know like seeing some of them, like, like a grandma, we help, she's helping her. I mean, she's raising her one-year-old and she's just tired. She's so exhausted. And I'm like, yes, like, I understand I have a four-year-old and <laughs> children are exhausting. But, um, I think that, that we just pray for our families. We pray that, you know, God guides them, that they ask God, um, uh, they keep God at their center, helping them with the decisions they're making on what they're doing. And then um, I just, I mean, pray for the kids. The kids need a lot of prayer. I know that they are going through things that they don't understand. Um, they're experiencing things that they shouldn't be experiencing. And I just, um, I pray, Lord, that I just pray all the time that the Lord puts the right people in those kids' paths, that they are able to um, just find some kind of safety or some kind of, you know, loving caring home because there's a lot of kids not being treated very good out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. We, we live in a culture, unfortunately, that attaches value based mm -hmm. off of, you know, whatever human reason we give it. And so we want these kids to feel valuable because God values them. And uh, that's really a heartbeat of, you know, uh, of ours, but also yeah. our church and uh, really the gospel itself. Um, and so I love that, that we get to be a part of kind of what God is doing through Embrace as a church. And I, I'd love to see it kind of continue to grow and expand and um, clarify the vision. You got anything else you want to share? I'm just like when I asked last year to do this with Mike Manning, I did not know what it was going to come out to. But it's amazing. Like I might start crying, but. It's amazing, like just how people in our church and in the community have stepped in, stepped up and helped. I have like a couple stories before we end because I was going to save that for the end. But um, it's like it always brings me to tears because I just like 
don't expect people to help the way they help. And so there's two stories come to mind. Um, when we first started it, um, in my neighborhood, a lot, people are always throwing away suitcases, really good, nice suitcases. They're just there people to pick up on the side of the road or whatever. And so I made a post and I was like, if you are throwing away suitcases, just send me a message. I will come to your house and I will pick up your suitcase because we don't want to give kids clothing in trash bags. Cause that's what you hear. Kids get clothing in trash bags. And so we went, my mom and I went to league city and picked up like this five piece set of luggage from this couple that had contacted me off my post and um he it was all spread out so I had to help the man put it in together and so when I go into the garage mom is in the garage crying with the lady they're both crying and I'm like we're supposed to be like picking things up not people make people sad mom's like she's just so happy to give these this luggage or whatever and so we laughed about it and then like a month later I get a text from the man I was actually in church and he texts me and he said we've been to the casino this weekend and we won luggage and want you to come get it. And I was like, well, it's brand new luggage. Are you sure? And he's like, no, I want your foster care ministry to have it. So we got two sets of luggage, very nice luggage from this couple out of League City that we don't even know. And I, I every now and then I'll message them. I'm like, we just used one of your suitcases to give to a four year old or whatever it is. So um, it's just crazy that like these people don't know us, but they just want to help. And I see that a lot in the community. Another one is that we were helping a family in Friendswood that took, um, they took in four um, African-American children and the oldest was 14. And the, the foster mom reached out to us and said, um, do you know how to do hair for African-Americans? Cause we don't, we don't know that. And she doesn't know how to do her hair. And so my mom reached out to somebody and said, you know, is there a way you can help us like give them step by step or whatever on how to do their hair. And so the lady wrote out, it was a whole notebook paper of step-by-step -step what products to use um, how to do her hair and everything else. And so um, it was, we were like really excited. And then like two weeks later, they show up on Wednesday night church and they have a bag full of all the hair products to give to this family. And it was over a hundred dollars worth of hair products. And that lady, we were not asking for a donation. We just wanted to know what products to buy. And um, she donated all of that. And she's even offered um, in the future to um, have classes at the church to teach families how to do the hair. Um, for the, the the foster kids, so we're really excited about that. That's awesome. But those they're little things like that that you know are huge because we had no idea. Like we have no idea who these people are in League City. We did not ask for these hair products, but these are definitely things that need to be done. And like all the time through this ministry, that happens. There's like I put requests out, and there's people that consistently every single time give to the request, and um, it always kind of brings me to tears because it's just it's amazing it's amazing to see how people are willing to help and how god is just moving through this ministry that's awesome and, and i mean i i think that you know we've talked about this of we're seeing this movement happen more than just our church yeah. like it's happening in a lot of churches uh just the focus on foster care and orphan care um and and just the significance that that's playing in what we feel like the future of the american church really is um and so i'm i'm excited for that um, awesome. Well, I just, I mean, thank you for, thank you for doing that. Thank you for all the work that you're putting into our embrace ministry. Um, I love that it's not your embrace ministry, but it is a product of our church and uh, a product of, uh, just the ministry of, of Bay area as we see the need, um, you know, have a vision. And then I love how people even outside of Bay area now are getting connected to, uh, this ministry as well. And so awesome. Thank you for your hard work. You're welcome. Thank you for everybody volunteering and helping. I could not, definitely not do this alone. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, well, that's it for Family Talk today. 
Um, thank you for, for meeting with us and, and talking through Embrace. And if you want more information, uh, there's a Facebook page or you can uh, email Jess at embrace at BACC.tv and uh, she'll get you connected to our, our ministry. All right. Thank you. Thank you.